This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Dr. Vic, and before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share with you my new book that has just been released on Amazon called Decoding the Matrix. This book is all about understanding the conditioning of how life shapes our mind and shapes our subconscious that may put limits on us to achieve the life we desire to understand and actualize our potential and the impact that's going to make on a soul level, but more importantly, accelerate your spiritual awakening. This book is something I wish I had years and years ago, and it has been the reviews that are coming in has just been absolutely amazing. People sharing how this gives them the insight of living a more fulfilled life, how to really level up, how they can live a limitless life, how they can create their own create the impossible, and so much more. You can get access to the book by just checking out the show notes, click on the link there, and you can go ahead and get the book today. And then do me a favor once it you have read it, and once you have gone through with it, please share a review on Amazon if you liked it. It helps get the book and the message out there. Now let's get back to our show. Alessia, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm excited to have you on. I know we're going to have some good stuff to dive into, and I just can't wait to pick your brain on this and just have a good conversation for the listeners. So uh, before we get into that stuff, my listeners already know I like to get right into things. So 
Can you please share, how did you get into what you're doing today? What's, what's your, been your journey that led up to where you are right now? I feel like I have a similar journey to what a lot of people are experiencing right now that, you know, we were programmed and raised to get good grades in school, go to a good college, get a good job, get married, buy a home, have children. The latter part of that's been great, but the first part of it (laughs) didn't really serve me very well. And so I've been on a journey the last year of really shedding this programming that I had, that I had to be working in a corporate job. And then if I wasn't doing that, then I was failing. And, and so what happened, I, uh, I got my quote unquote dream job. I actually, at the time it really was a dream job at Google. And I started there uh, March 2nd of 2020. So you can do the math on that. A week later, the world shuts down. My daughter at the time was just over a year old. Her school became closed or daycare was closed. So I'm trying to onboard at this like highly technical, challenging job with no childcare. So I'm like working three hours a day during nap time. And so what I realized is my whole identity had been tied up in performance and accolades and like winning president's club and topping the leaderboard and like all of this stuff, right? My background's in tech sales. And so it threw me into a deep depression because I'm not selling anything. Like I can't onboard, like I'm falling so far behind. And so I ended up having to take a three month medical leave to kind of like get myself right and heal. And so while I'm doing that, I like deactivated social media, start reading all these books, like going for walks in nature to ground, like, like doing all the things. Right. And what I realized is like, I'm so far out of alignment from like my true essence as a human being in this like high pressure sales environment, because that's not what I'm meant to do. Like God didn't create me to sell out infrastructure, right? That's what I always joke. Um, (laughs) Now I could certainly do wonderful things with the income, but it was just, I was so far out of alignment that I knew I would continue going into depressive episodes if something did not change. And so serendipitously in June of that year, I met a stranger on a plane and she was my sign that it was time to quit. And, um, I did the next day I gave my notice, I finished out the quarter and then I became a corporate dropout, started a podcast, became a coach, um, running another business. Now it's about to launch here soon, teaching other people how to start businesses because it's a bit confusing and just living my best life. Now it's a big switch, but, um, yeah, I'm a lot happier, even though I'm not making the money that I had been making anymore. But yeah. <laughs> so like what started that? Like, you know, because, you know, I love how you bring up programming and stuff. I am all about that in the mind and how we get cultured and we get programmed in many different ways. How did that shedding process happen? Because a lot of people hear about this. I even talk about it on my podcast on this podcast and so forth. And it's one of the things where people are always like, what does that look like shedding, you know, and, and how does that, where does that all begin? In my experience personally, and with friends, as well as the people I coach, people will only begin to shed or make a change once they hit a point where the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change. And so for me, it was like, this was my second depressive episode actually in 14 months. I think that maybe pregnancy changed brain chemistry perhaps, or maybe more susceptible. I'm not exactly sure with that. Or maybe just realign my priorities to where Thriving in a high pressure environment was no longer working for me. There she is now. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it's like you just get to a point where it's like the definition of insanity is when you do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. And it's like, how many times does something have to happen before you realize it's time to really look inside and, and do something different? 
Yeah, I love that. And I wish I wish humanity was different. I really do to the sense of where we didn't have to get sick and tired or you know, being sick and tired or uh, that's what we use in the healthcare world. But it's like also just in, you know, you're, you're getting how far down do you have to be knocked down on your or how many times do you have to be knocked down on your knees before you finally go. All right, maybe I do just something a little different here. This is I'm at a point in my life now where I need to make that change. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, it's, it's like how we're wired, right? Like change is scary for us because our brain wants to keep us safe and comfortable. But if you do that, you're going to be stagnant and an atrophy, quite frankly. Totally. And how do you, so what would you tell people then? Like, let's say, because a lot of people, I think sometimes, you know, with everything that has gone on with COVID in the last couple of years, I think a lot of things we had to recheck and re-look at as our values and what really matters to us. And I think that has been somewhat of a shift of what we've seen. But let's say there's those people who are still like, you know, they can't stand where they're at in their, their job or their career or, or so forth. What are some things that they can start to look at to kind of get unstuck from that thinking? This is such a good question. Okay. So I think the biggest thing is like, there's so much stigma around money and talking about money. Right. But it's not even so much like the desire for material goods. It's that money creates choices and freedom. And so if you are stuck in a job because of the money, what can you do to bring in extra income to allow you that freedom and choice? So part of why my husband was supportive with me leaving a really, really good job was because I had started a year and a half before that, a little side gig doing network marketing, and it had been paying me enough that it provided a cushion to where I could jump. Um, And, you know, I had stock and stuff like that, that I could sell off. We had an emergency fund, but I think like the more earnings streams you can create, like not, and I know that this is hard if you're in a paycheck to paycheck situation, but like, what can you earmark each month to put aside? Or what can you do in addition to that to make extra income so that you can build up this cushion and jump off the cliff without, you know, no net or no parachute underneath you. So I think just diversifying and creating some freedom for yourself is the best thing you can do so that you have leverage. Because here's the thing, if you don't need to be at a job, if they need you more than you need them, that's a really good position. If they're not paying you well, you can walk. If they're, you know, not treating you well, you can walk. Like you do not want to be beholden to your employer. So true. And in a lot of ways, and you brought up something that I thought too is great. Like even having an emergency fund, right? Because if you have an emergency fund, it covers a certain amount of months, you know, it depends on who you follow, but it's one of those things where uh, you can be like, you know what, if I do this, how I can hope I can get it. I can probably get back to this point in six months. Well, guess what? I have nine months of coverage. All right, I'm good. I'm going to do this. Then I can make the jump where um, uh, making that transition a little smoother in that process. Yeah. And, you know, part of the the programming that we need to shed too, I, I mean, we live in a consumer society, right. And, you know, and I'm, I'm bougie, like I admit it, I like nice stuff. Right. But it's like, at what point, like, is your stuff owning you because all your money is going towards things versus putting it away or investing in something that's going to pay you passively or create that, that freedom. Right. And I think the statistic is like, I don't remember the percentage of Americans, but the majority don't have $400 to cover an emergency. Like, the, that's part of the, the shift that really needs to take place. We all need to start talking about money and how to make more of it and how to be smarter with it. Cause that's, what's keeping people enslaved, you know, massively. I mean, and, and, and if you look at there's, if you, I forgot what's how many States are there, I think Tennessee is one of them, but there's or maybe, but there's like four, four States that only teach finances in high school. 
it is a whole different on programming when you look at life and saying, well, if I spend this, this is where my mindset had to learn and I had to learn how to shift through this. If I'm going to spend this, is it really worth it? Or could I just take that money and invest it? Because how much am I missing out on investing or how much I'm missing out on the next thing that can help create more passive income or even create even a bigger life down the road um, with that kind of concept. And a lot of people were so consumer driven and we want instant gratification. So we want something. Well, I have the funds to do it now. I'm doing it. If not, guess what? We have credit cards to cover that. And so it's just a constant system that you're talking about that we're just been bombarded with and then learning how to simplify. Or this is why I think there's a whole movement of minimalism coming through because now it's like, hey, guess what? You don't need all the things you need. What are the things you enjoy and what you want? And then what is doesn't matter and so forth. Totally. Yeah. And like, what is something really costing you? And I think like the impulse control is hard too. So so recently, um, the network marketing company I'd been part of, I actually left because I was marketing wine. And it was wine without like chemicals and additives because I'm into the health stuff. And you know that's about as healthy as you can get when it comes to drinking <laughs> wine without junk in it. But what happened was I ended up, because I'm not paying a consequence, I'm not getting hung over because there's not crap in it. I ended up like splitting a bottle of wine every night with my husband. And what I noticed is like, it was kind of like dragging me down. It wasn't making me, it wasn't allowing me to become that like highest version of myself. Right. So I start, I actually downloaded this app called reframe. So if anyone listening is trying to cut back on their drinking or stop, download this app, it tells you like the neuroscience and the psychology behind it. And what I found out is drinking really lowers your impulse control. What it does, it, it raises this, um, hedonistic set point. Have you ever heard of this? Yes, I have. Okay. I just learned about this and it's fascinating. So basically the more that you like drink, it raises this baseline of where you feel pleasure. And so then it's going to take more and more and more for you to get that dopamine hit. So more spending, more drinking, maybe it's more weed or whatever your vice of choice is, more shopping, you know, you name it. And so I've noticed like just in the, the month that I've been dry, I have way less urge to go on Amazon prime or, you know, getting targeted by these Instagram ads, they don't have the same potency that they used to. So that's another thing that I don't think we talk about enough. <laughs> no, and it's so true. I mean, but you think about it, it's just, it's that whole dopamine cycle, right? And then we have that in so many ways now. Um, and it, and then that's where the instant gratification comes because we we don't have the, the, the neuro, I, I won't get too far into the neurology, but it's the, the, the part of our brain that like says, hey, the impulse control basically. Um, and the more we do we go away from that, and, and it's just interesting with alcohol. I can go down a whole rabbit hole with alcohol, but it, um, it's, it, there's also another, I'm seeing, I don't know if you're seeing this, but I've been seeing this lately. Like there's a movement of sobriety coming through and it's not people who are alcoholics. They're just like, I'm done with alcohol. I'm not drinking alcohol anymore. Um, I'd be curious to see what, what comes from that. So one of the things is, you know, why I, I love one of the things when I first got into business about a few years in, I started wanting to help people get talk about the advantages of like, hey, you become an entrepreneur. It's very powerful to do that. There's a lot of great things you could take from it. You're, you're putting your own mark on the world, your own craft. You're doing all those things. And so um, why is, you know, in your opinion, entrepreneurship or what people looking to shift gears to go to possibly do that and, and, and so forth? What's the, the, the drive and the, the good stuff that comes from it? Oh my gosh, there's so much. I mean, if okay, so like if we stay on the money track for a little bit, <laughs> it's high risk, high reward, right? So like starting up a business can take a lot of capital, but there are also ways to do it without a lot. Like again, going back to the network marketing example, like some of these companies, like I just joined a health and wellness one and um, pivoted to that. It was $49 to sign up. 
you don't want to know how much money I've spent standing up the company I'm about to launch on March 8th. Like it's obscene, right? And I haven't made a dollar of revenue yet. So, so I think like looking at where you're at, like financially, can you go all the way of building something from scratch? Or does it make sense to maybe, you know, do something that has a lower startup cost or perhaps like buy an existing business? Those tend to have a better success rate. But then when we look at advantages, I mean, anyone listening, if you and or your partner are both W-2 employees, you know, you're getting killed on taxes. Having your own business creates so many write-offs. It is ridiculous. Like my CPA said, oh, your daughter's on um, your Instagram, right? Yeah. No, well, she's your business model. So now you can pay her $12,500 a year to be your Instagram model because she's promoting your business. Things like that. You can rent your home from yourself for a board meeting once a month. I mean, just like all these little write-offs that are all completely legal that you do not have if you're a W-2 employee. But then I think above and beyond that, it's being able to be in charge of your own time. You know, like I'm working more now than I ever did at Google, but I don't feel like it because I love everything that I'm doing and I'm so energized by it. And it, you know, it's just, it's fun to like see what you can do and what you can create when you just get to be in tune with what actually matters to you versus what your manager tells you needs to matter. So I would say those are my top ones. I love that. And, and one of them for me is always, I can set my, I could set my uh, salary. Yes. And maybe not in the beginning, right? Cause you're starting up. If you're starting up from scratch, you know, you got, there's a, there's a, there's a curve you got to go through, but it's nice because I could be like uh, this year. All right. I'm going to put this much work in. I want to see a 20% increase in my, my uh, profits this year. And it's, it's, I can choose it. And then it's all up to me at the end of the day. So I'm not depending for an approval externally I'm saying, no, this is what I'm going to do. And then it's fun because if you said this and all of a sudden you make double that or triple what your goal was going to be, you're like, all right, this is what I'm talking about. So little caveats with that and so forth. But it's it's looking, you know, when we look at, um, uh, what was I going to say? And I'm going blank here. Something about planning, but uh, I'll come back to that. But it's one of those things where, you know, you get, you get to that, that, like you were saying, it's having that that freedom with your time. And I think that's where we're kind of getting away from now is, all this stuff of conditioning and the programming of like, this is what we're working this amount of times, hours a week. This is what we're going to be doing. And instead you can be, and I think COVID really did a great job of this opening that door for people because I know a lot of people are working from home and they loved it. They're like, wow, I get to work a couple, I get to be with my kids in the morning now. And then from there I go ahead and I'll do a little bit of work. Then I'll have my lunch with my wife in there. Cause they're, maybe they're both working from home. And then like, then I go work a little bit more and they're like, not that they would laugh with me. My These are some of them more patients. They'd be like, I'm not even doing eight hours or nine hours a day, but I'm still getting everything done. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. And I mean, just like the time saved on commute, people able to, you know, work out in their home gym, if they have one or, you know, go for a run in the neighborhood. I do think that there can be downsides of working from home. Like if you don't have a dedicated office space, let's just pretend you're working at like your dining room table. It becomes really hard to like separate work from home life. And I also think too, like a lot of us relied on the commute to decompress. So have like a decompression ritual when you're done for the day versus like just going into home life, you know, depending on the kind of day you had, of course, you might not need to decompress, but if you do, I think that that's important. <laughs> no, you brought up a great point. I didn't even think about that for a second. Um, Cause it is true. It's so easy to blur those lines and you do need to have those moments of uh, one way or another um, in that process. 
So one of the things we were talking about before jumping on, and I think this would be great to dive in because we're talking a lot about external things versus, you know, what the world's telling us and the programming and all these things. Uh, a lot of times, sometimes you'll also where it's, it's, it's not okay to be yourself in a way. Right. And, and, and we're told you have to follow these like certain parameters. I remember growing up as a kid, uh, if I didn't agree with Nana or Papa, I'm Italian. So it's, you know, and uh, I would I would I wouldn't hold back and I would get yelled at by my mother and say, you can't do that. That's not on Papa. You have to be a certain way with them. You can't get upset at them. And I'm like, but they they said something I didn't like. And they're like, no, oh, it doesn't matter. You got to deal with it. Right. And then I took me years to break out of that mold to be like, no, this is who I am. This is this is me. That's it. What's the journey? What's the process to get to that point to live your best life, but also to be unapologetically yourself? Oh, man. Okay. I relate so much to what you just shared. I'm Italian too, half. My dad is from Sicily. So it's like <laughs> you're, you're laughing over there because you know what I'm talking about. It's the same thing, right? Um, and just like the expectations of needing to be a certain way. And I think like, honestly, what helped me kind of break out of that hang on one second <laughs> okay so I'll I'll start that over okay so what helped me break out of that was kind of like teasing it out little by little like saying things to my dad because I mean he's the one that really I think put the most expectation on me saying things to him that I know he wouldn't like and seeing how he would react like that was kind of how I started like testing that out and like pushing the envelope but then like, really what helped me come into my own, I don't know what it was, but one day I just woke up and I was like, why do I care what all these other people think? Like their opinions don't pay my bills. Like, it, you know, if you start with the end in mind, so let's just say like, I mean, and no one wants to think about this, but like, let's just say it's your funeral. What do you want being read at the eulogy? Is it going to be like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, she was a nice person, but you know, she didn't really do anything that she wanted to do because she was so controlled by what other people expected of her and wanted of her. You know, it's like, no, I want to do epic shit. I want to leave a legacy and I'm just going to show up however I am and be honest, because here's the thing. Once you start being that authentic version of you and talking about the things that other people don't want to talk about, you find out like pretty much everyone's feeling that way. And you're now giving them permission to do the same too like by being that example. So like <laughs> one example of this. So I, I talked to you in the beginning about the depression stuff. Right. And so I'm like, you know what? Well, being Italian, a lot of stigma around medication. Right. And like, oh, that's for weak people, whatever. I finally was like, you know what? I think I'm going to give it a go. Like, why not? And so I start talking to people about being on antidepressants. I come to find out, I'm not kidding. Probably three quarters of the people I'm friends with high achieving females, all on antidepressants but no one's talking no, about it, which is why I, I am because it's like, you're not alone. Like everyone's on them, <laughs> you know, which that's a whole other conversation of why that is. But, um, yeah, you just got to start doing it and give other people permission to be themselves too. Yeah. The, I forgot what antidepressant is the number one selling drug in the world, or maybe just in the United States or world. Can't remember. Uh, a lot of people around them. Um, yeah. when it comes to that, yeah. but there's, I think there's a, there's a process to it because I know for me, um, it was, uh, it was something that happened overnight. Cause I was, you know, again, I was conditioned a very certain way, but then there just, I think there comes a point where like you kind of said, and I do this, I do a lot of this work with eulogy and, you know, your last day on this planet, what would you want people saying about you and all this? 
And it's just, what's your truth is why I ask a lot of people. What's the truth that really matters? And, and I think we don't, we don't allow to um, allow our power to be shi- to shine because we weren't taught to do this. And so that creates a lot of, you know, processes to be like, okay, should I, should I not? And then you go in between where you're kind of going like, yes, I'm going to be this person. And all of a sudden you do it and then you get a massive rejection and you're like, crap, that wasn't maybe the best thing to do. Or do you have other people chiming in? And, um, and it's always fascinating because I'm being a chiropractor. I always tell people we, we you have to have thick skin to be a chiropractor. Cause we're not people st- still to this day. Don't we'll say, Oh, that's not a real doctor. And we laugh about it. Cause we're always like, you have no idea the amount of training we go through, but what's been interesting is through COVID and everything that's been going on. We, most of the times we'll look at things from a different perspective. And because we have a different perspective, um, especially in this world today, the way things have been on social media and so forth, you get bashed like crazy. And my wife would always be like, why are you, why do you, why do you have to show, why do you share this stuff? I was like, because people need, I want to give people another voice to understand. Here's the science of what I've been reading. Here's what I know. I'm just sharing it. I'm not telling them what to think. I'm just presenting it. They can choose what to do. She goes, yeah, but you got people calling your names and all this stuff. She goes, I don't understand. I said, honey, I don't care about what they have to say. If I was doing it for them, then I would be concerned what people have to say about me. But when you're doing something for yourself, who cares what people, how people react, if they react in a negative way, uh, that's probably more what they have to do. So like, and I'm bringing this up just for people who may be in this place, uh, listening, going, man, how do I, I want to speak more of my truth. You got to understand you're doing it for you, not for others. And so when you start doing things for yourself, I think that, I think that opens up the door a little bit. Did you feel that way when you, when you started going that route? Oh, big time. And, and, you know, the other thing with it too, it's like, you're doing it for you, but you're also doing it for the greater good because other people might feel muzzled too. And you having the bravery and the courage to be honest and authentic and go against the grain, like that's how we make real change, right? It's a, it's a movement that catches on. It's a contagion. If I, I'm going to butcher this, but I know Gandhi said this where he's like, first they will, um, first they fear you, then they laugh at you, and then they join you or something along those lines. Um, I know I'm butchering this for those who are listening. I know it's, it's something along that, but it's one of those things where um, you, you are doing it for the greater good because you, you, like anything else, you're allowing, you're giving them an opportunity. It was funny, like with masks. Um, I remember one time I was like, patient Ashley, like, do you wear masks? Cause I had to wear masks in my office and, uh, do the mask mandates in Illinois. But they would ask me though, like, do you wear masks when you go out? And I said, no, unless I'm, unless I have, if I got to go to the store and they're going to give me a hard time, I'll put a freaking mask on. I don't want to deal with it. Uh, but if I could go in without, I'm not and they're like, you don't go in with masks. Even I'm like, listen, I could give you the research if you want to know some of the stuff, but I'm like, I'm not going to, I go, I take care of, why am I going to put some on? I want to get into the science of all this and all that stuff. But what I was trying to say is though, it was interesting because when I was in stores doing that and I may be the one wearing a mask and I see someone without a mask, I'm like, I ain't wearing this no more. Um, or yes. it'd be the other way around. It was amazing yes. how I would see people look at me. Like, of course, in Illinois, you get a lot of dirty looks, but you would start to see people go, why am I doing this? And I would see people take off their mask and I'd just be going, this is so interesting how this works. I've had the same experience. And and actually recently I had to go shopping for a bridesmaid dress and I was with my mom and my mom does not like to ruffle feathers. She's not like me. (laughs) I like ruffling, you know, anyway, we walk in and, and, you know, and I'm in California for anyone listening. So we've had mandates for my God, two years now. Anyway, I'm, I'm done with the masks too. It's like, there's no science behind it. It's, it's a power move. I'm over it. And so I go in without one and my mom has one on. And the, the woman working reception is like, do you have a mask? I said, I do, but I respectfully am declining to, to wear one. 
the person who's going to be fitting you for the, the bridesmaid dress might have you wear one. I said, okay, that's fine. And my mom was like, just put one on. I'm like, no, I'm not putting one on. I'm done with this. I'm done with the face diaper. No more. So I think like, yeah, just being true to yourself, giving other people permission to do the same is powerful. And, and check how it feels. Does it feel good to you? Like, do you feel like you're in alignment? Like discomfort's okay. But like, if you feel good in whatever you're doing, that's how you know you're on the right track. It's like a, a freeing feeling when you, when you do speak your authentic self and yeah, the discomfort will come, but it's that free. I don't know if you felt that. I know I did at times. I'd be like, wow, I can't believe like I'm standing my ground here. I don't care. And that, that feeling, did you have that, that kind of experience? Oh, totally. I felt like a badass. Um, <laughs> and you know, one of the things that inspired me a week before that, um, I was talking to someone who lives in LA County and LA County is one of the most stringent when it comes to the mandates and stuff. I'm in orange County, just South. So it's a little more chill here, but he was saying he's never worn a mask anywhere in LA County. And I was like, how no one says anything to you. He's like, no, never. He's like, what I do before I walk in, I just like sit for a second in the car and I embody love, peace, health, vitality. And I walk in with that energy and like, no one says anything. Like if people smile at me. So I started doing that, man, it works like a charm. <laughs> I have to, I have to, well, I'm in Tennessee now. So it's, 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 it's all choice and it's nice where we just, uh, I don't have to get dirty looks anymore. You just do what I have to do. But, uh, but when I was in Illinois, it was one of those things where I'll be like, I, and when I, I got to go back in a few weeks and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll play with that. I'm going to test that out and see what happens. Oh yeah. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've been enjoying this amazing episode. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome to the Miracles Happen Fertility Podcast, where science and spirit are the focus of creating your most fertile life. You'll find a beautiful balance of grounded science-based topics, as well as spiritual talk, and how they're both important for moving toward optimal fertility. All of this delivered with straight-up talk and humor. Join us as we chat about topics ranging from mental wellness to complementary medicine to meditation, crystals, intuition, and psychic mediumship. Listeners' favorite topics range from practical daily skills to spirit baby communication, all to help you move through the family building journey and the rest of your life with relative ease, awareness, and self-empowerment. I'm your host, Dr. Maria Rothenberger, a fellow fertility friend, therapist, coach, best-selling author, and spirit baby intuitive. Listen on your favorite podcast platform or at my website, drmariarothenberger.com. I'll see you there. All right. Information, you can find out more about this in the show notes. Make sure to check that out. But now let's go ahead and let's get back to the show. But yeah, but I think, you know, even with like, I think also being an entrepreneur or choosing that route also is a way of un unapologetically allowing yourself to be you in the profession or whatever it is you're choosing to do to show up as the way you want. Um, how yeah. powerful is that to do the unapologetic side as an entrepreneur and presenting um, to in whatever position you know, an individual is in um, helps with yourself, with your brand to manifest, to achieve the levels you want to get to and so much more? Oh, man. Yeah. What a good question. <laughs> My husband and I were having a conversation about this just the other day. So he has a really um, great job as a director at uh, a biotech company. And, you know, we were talking about like the differences between my social media and his. I mean, he's not an Instagram guy anyway, but like 
there's a lot of things that he can't post, right? Because of like corporate social media policy. Meanwhile, most of my reels have the F word or something in them or like, (laughs) or me doing something ridiculous and silly. It's like, I think just the ability to like show up as you want to show up and to engage with people in that authentic way versus how you have to be if you are an employee with, you know, corporate social media policy, like it, it really enables you to actually build that personal brand so that people really feel like they know you because you're showing up how you are. Like how I am on social media, like that's exactly how I am in real life. Like there's no filter on it. So I think that that plays into the business because it's all about the low, the, the no like and trust factor. People will do business with you if they like you, if they feel like they know you, and if they trust you. And if you aren't showing up authentically or as yourself or being honest and sharing the not so great parts too, you don't have those factors. So I think the more you can just show up as you are, the more it's going to grow your business and your brand and you'll have a lot more fun too. Couldn't agree with you more on that. Uh, And it's great to where you can just be yourself. Like, I mean, unfortunately, social media is more like fake book is what like people like to say, but but when you can show up and be yourself, I think that's also a, a, a niche in its own way because you're like, hey, this is who I am. This is who I am in my normal life. This, if you saw me in real life, this is the exact same way I am. There's no difference. And I think there's a there's a power behind that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Another question I have for you is, is having your little one running around. How is it <laughs> balancing? And I love asking moms this who are entrepreneurs because I think there's just a whole nother level to this. That, and you guys are more neurologically advanced than we are as men. I say we are men uh, in this way. But how is it balancing motherhood and being an entrepreneur and all that? How, how, do, you, how do you do it? Okay, well... I have help. So typically she's at school, but we had kind of a slow morning. And so I'm hoping Disney plus will entertain her for the remainder of the interview right now. She's being a little crazy. So we'll see. She might announce she has to poop in a minute. I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) But the balance really comes in like, okay, you can't do it all, right? You just can't. And dads, you can't do it all either. So I think it's a couple of things. Like one, you need to be completely unapologetic. I think that's like the theme of this interview. I've probably said that word 50 times. You need to be unapologetic about having a nanny or sending your child to daycare. You People who say they can work from home with a kid are lying to you or their kid just sleeps all day or they're sitting in front of the TV captive all day, which I don't think that ever happens, any of those things. So get help. Also, like, you don't need to be cleaning your house. You can have someone come in and clean your home for you because like, what's your time worth? One thing I've talked about and I have not yet done because it just, I don't know, I, I am not quite comfortable with it yet, but I would love to have someone come in and like do the laundry and fold that for me too. Right. Or can you do like meal prep services? Like whatever it is, that's going to free up your time so that you can do what you do best and what lights you up, what doesn't drain your energy. That way you're a more present mom when your child is home from school and you're a lot nicer too, because you're not so worn down. So yeah, the balance is don't be afraid to ask for help. Do not apologize ever for outsourcing and paying people to do the things that you've been conditioned to think you should be doing quote unquote. And, um, yeah, your kids, like it's, it's actually good for them to see that they are not the complete center of your universe. Like you have got to have something for you too. I couldn't agree with that more because you got to have a lot of times I've seen this in my own career where, you know, I'm about to be a dad in about 
three, four months from now. Oh, and congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we're very excited. And it's one of the things my wife and I talk a lot about. And I always told her, we, we, we talk about this often, like, our, our life will not revolve around the child because everyone's like, that's it. Your freedom's gone. Enjoy your last time before you have a kid. And I look and I'm always like, no, like that's your program. That's what everyone it's thinks. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm like our child. I, I always talk about this. Like they're going to come into our life and it's yes. going to be a certain way we're going to be. And yeah. Are they going to create disruption? Of course they're going to, they're going to disrupt our way, but we're still going to choose. We're just, I just have to move my schedule around. I have to reconfigure things or get help. Like you're saying, my wife and I already talking about like, okay, what, how many days a week do you want to have like a, someone to come in to give you a break, give me a break, allow me to do what I want to do, or give us time to go do our own thing or whatever it may be. I'm like, we need to start thinking about that so we can start building that system in place. And I think yeah. that where this is all tying back to entrepreneurship, right? Because, yeah. you know, and you brought up like, like, you know, being, you know, children, they're going to just, they're going to be spontaneous. You know, things are never going to be, like I said, I may have a poopy diaper in a second here. <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> and it's one of the, and I love that because it's, there's, there's, that's, that's life, right? And it's, yeah. how do you adapt? How do you balance and how you, you do those kind of things? And you're just sharing that in such a way where it's the same thing like in business, ask for help, right? If there's things that, you know, maybe in the beginning, if you, you want you got the time to do it, do it, but if not hire people, what's your, what's your time worth and have them take yeah. care of that. I love the meal prep idea. One, I told my wife one of these days, I said, wouldn't it be great. We get to the level where I can just someone we, we give, we tell someone, this is what we'll go shop here. Everything's organic. And then just come here, you know, here's the meal. Here's the, the, the things I need to eat throughout the week. Just get it all prepped for me. So that all I have to do is just one, two, three, and I'm done. That's the dream right there. I actually have a friend who's, um, she's, oh my God, she's such a badass. She's a CEO, Y Combinator graduate, just had her second baby, stepmom with four kids. And what she, she's like, she does a meal prep service like that. Oh, here's Mila again. Oh, okay. I'll fix it. Can you bring me the remote? Yes. The TV is helping babysit right now too. Um, thank you, Minnie Mouse. But the other thing that she does too. So she just had her second baby and she was like, you know, if you have another child, like, don't be afraid to get a night nurse, which for me, like there was a lot of shame around even considering that because it's like, how could you do that? Like you had your baby, you need to be the one that cares for them. But no, like sleep deprivation is a form of torture for a reason. So if you need sleep and you're not getting it when you have a newborn, like have a night nurse come in a couple nights a week. So you can get that a five hour stretch is what changes the game. Right. So just, you know, getting rid of a lot of the expectations that people put on you around, like you need to be the one that raises your kid. You need to be the one that does that. Like, no, you can, you don't have to, and your kids will be just fine. No. And it's true. It's funny. Like, and people do it out of love. Cause like when my, my wife got first got pregnant, everyone was like, Oh, you got morning sickness. Do you have this? Do you have that? And I look and I go, you know, she's under chiropractic care and I have her, we, she's a very, she's very into holistic realm. So the, not saying that that's a guarantee, but I was like, but she takes very good care of herself. And all of a sudden everyone be like, she didn't have morning sickness. She didn't have, she doesn't have nausea. She I'm like, no, she doesn't have any of those migraines. Is, no, she doesn't have any of that. Maybe tiredness. Cause you know, there's a different demand on the body now. Uh, but I'm like, other than that, no. And then it's like, we, and they're doing it. They're not, they're not that they want us to her to have those experiences. It's just, that's what condition. Oh, this is what it is. Oh yeah. Look, this is what happened here. This is what happened there. Oh, this is just what it is. And again, going back to, that's why I love when you said programming, because it's like, uh, I'm a huge advocate for women when it comes to pregnancy and, and, and being a chiropractor, like everyone should have a, a, a chiropractor under the, and they also understand that stop shaming women and thinking that their bodies can't do it, or they're not able to do this. Um, yes. They're very naturally designed to do this. And it's an easy 
Not easy. Um, let me take that back. That is not easy. <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> even said good that. Good catch, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> it is not easy. But it's, it's a process where it's like, but it's a beautiful process and that's something to be yeah. feared. And um, yeah. I know the system so well, like we were getting an ultrasound and it's funny, the, 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 the OBGYN comes in and she's like, oh my, this and this. And she's pointing out some stuff and she's throwing things. And in the back of my mind, because she's not, our, we're, we're doing a home birth. So she's not even, we just had to do this. Uh, they get the ultrasound. I'm sitting back there and I'm like, man, I can just annihilate her with research right now. But I'm like, you know what? She's not, this is but the fear she was throwing. And I yeah. looked at my wife and I said, you see right there. She said, oh, well, because if this happens or this, then you can possibly have this. And since you're doing a home birth, you won't have access. And I said, see, look at fear, 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 fear. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I'm like, we, that I go, this is just a system that, but again, this is how programming can be. Cause even just like starting your own business could be very hard. Well, it's, it's, it just means work and time, but I don't know if I would say hard because you're doing what you love, right? Yeah. And you got to choose your hard going to work from, you know, eight to five for somebody else, not doing what you want to do and having to answer someone that's hard too. You got to choose which hard you like. I 100% agree with you on that. So it's, you know, looking at all this coming full circle, yes, being unapologetically uh, yourself. I think that that may be the theme of this podcast for this this one. I like it. It's come up a lot, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It has. So how can people then connect with you, find you, what you're up to, all the good things you're doing? I know you got something coming up, International Women's Day. Love to hear more about that also. Yeah. All right. So I'm launching a new company on International Women's Day, which is March 8th. And the company is called Thea Collective. I named it for the Greek goddess of light because the mission is to really light the way for female entrepreneurs. If any of you listening have started a business, you know it's really confusing, but it does not need to be. What I discovered as I was creating businesses is that I had a really amazing network that helped me connect the dots, but not everyone has that. So I'm bringing in experts across all these different fields to provide courses on the basics of business. From there, we'll get into more advanced courses over time, um, but the community is really what I'm the most excited about. So if you want to be part of that, uh, you can text me at 949-577-8709 and be the first to know. Um, and let's see what else. The website is um, under construction, but should be up and running soon. It's uh, Thea, T-H-E-I-A-collective.com. Or if you want to connect with me, I am pretty active over on Instagram. I'm all about the reels and you can find me at Alacia Citro and two underscores. Awesome. I'll have all that information in the show notes. Um, Alacia, this was fun. I love you coming on. Appreciate you sharing uh, your wisdom, having your daughter on and sharing a little bit about motherhood and entrepreneurship. (laughs) It's all part of life, right? At the end of the day. So that's um, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I thank you for taking time to share with all of us here at the Mindful Experiment. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Vic. I really appreciate it and uh, hope to be in touch soon. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. Until next time, keep rocking and rolling.